You're listening to Chai Across Generations, a podcast to understand and maybe even bridge the gap between generations of South Asians. This is episode six, which kicks off a series of discussions around mental health, which I feel is under-discussed in the community. This is Nikhil. And this is Shankar. I must admit, Nikhil, that I felt a lot of emotions as we put this episode together. It triggered a lot of personal reflection for me and about those close to me. And it reminded me of music that helped me through hard times. It brought back songs I listened to years ago and hadn't heard in a long time. Um, and in this episode, Nikhil and I first tried to define mental health, each in our individual perspective. And through that, we introduced a new lens by which to think about mental health and really examine if it's an opportunity, a pathology or both. Yes. Honestly, Shankar, you can hear how much this topic means to you as you listen to this discussion. You brought such a nuanced and original way of thinking about mental health that I just wanted to hear more about it, and I just kept asking you questions. Mental health is a big topic, and this is part one of a multi-part series, the rest of which you'll hear in the coming weeks. So let's dive into the discussion, and we'll come back at the end to wrap this one up. talking about mental health, which is a, a big topic. I think we'll focus primarily on mental health, some of the costs, and um, some of the causes as well. So, Shankar, maybe I'll, I'll throw this to you. What is mental health? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up, Nikhil, because um, one thing I learned from our Valentine's Day episode was that it's important to get on the same page about <laughs> definitions. Remember how we had that long <laughs> discussion and then we ended up uh, actually asking the question, what do we mean by dating at the end of it? Right, yeah. So I thought that was um, interesting and in a way humorous, but also it informed me that uh, it might be a good idea to get a baseline understanding on what we mean by that. So do you want to go first? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to. Um mm-hmm. That's a smart move of you to to piggyback it back to me. Um, (laughs) You know, so I was actually looking at the CDC's definition of mental health. And the CDC, Centers for Disease Control here in the U.S., defines mental health and says that it includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. And they also say that mental and physical health are equally important components of overall health, which I think Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, So I define it. I guess, similar to them as thinking about our emotional state, thinking about our, our psychological state. And a a lot of it is the invisible stuff, right? It's, uh, I think it has traditionally been more difficult to talk about mental health because we can't just see it. Whereas a physical disability is easier to see to the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's more subtle. And I think it's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about it here, right? Um, it's gotten a lot more attention over the last, call it 20, 30 years. I think my generation thinks about it quite a bit and we grew up in an environment where we were lucky enough to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to have this discussion and 
yeah, I would anchor on the mental and the psycho, uh, the psychological piece of it. Okay. What would you say to that? Interesting. So I'm really glad we started off with talking about this because I think I'm going to try and share with you a perspective that could be quite different. And mm. um, you'll, let, you'll let me know. So the first thing when I think of the word mental is mental health. Mental is an adjective, right? And it says of the mind, right? Pertaining to the mind. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I say is how do we define mind? What is mind? Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. What is mind? <laughs> okay, I'll take it. I, I do have a... a Fairly, uh, I think you will find a fairly clear explanation of what mind is. And this comes from a lot of the Indian spiritual tradition. So, you know, if you go back 5,000 years, in India, there was a very, very um, vigorous tradition of meditation. And when a lot of the world was looking outward, our spiritual leaders were looking inward. Right? Mm-hmm. And they came up with two very important things. One is the anatomy of mind, and the other is the physiology of mind. And of course, mm-hmm. needless to say, we know that mind is not the same as the brain. So while a lot of modern medicine has focused on the brain 5,000 years ago Indian seers we call them rishis were already masters of the mind Mm -hmm. and that's something that I found very very valuable as I was growing up so you know I grew up in a similar English educated western liberal education I was getting that at school But for some reason, I was very interested in this kind of stuff. And all my life, I've been reading Altered States of Consciousness by Charles Starr, uh, a Vedantic theory of personality. This has just been something that's always interested me. And so the broad definition that we have from the... and, And it might help because having that perspective might help you guys understand how the older generation may think. I'm not saying everyone thinks this way, but I think it's a very, very useful framework Uh, to also connect uh, what is ancient with what is modern. And I think there's value in both. Hmm. So the anatomy that I'm talking about, we think of mind from the yoga, this comes from the Yoga Sutra. And uh, where the, 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 the fluctuations of the mind are first described. So, you know, there are five fluctuations. But the anatomy is more important that there are basically four parts of the mind. And we call something manas. You might have heard that even in in Tamar and other things. But in this tradition, it has a very specific meaning. It's the importer and exporter of sensations. So mm. you're looking at me or you're listening to me. There's a part of your mind, and we anatomically think of it as a part of the mind, which imports sensations and also exports them in the sense of motor skills and stuff like that. And... There is another part of the mind which we think of as the storehouse of memories. You might think of it as a tape. So if you're not looking outward or engaging with your senses, then that sort of starts to play. You remember if you close your eyes and sit in meditation, 
all the thoughts come up. So that is your storehouse of memories. We call that chitta. And then there is um, the sense of I-ness, which we call ahankar. And loosely you may say, although maybe that was what was meant, it's not really clear, but ego in the Freudian sense somewhat may correspond to ahankar. And, and then the final part is this thing called buddhi, which is our ability to see ourselves. So mm-hmm. the very capacity of self-reflection, which the other animals, as far as we know, don't have. Uh, our ability to see ourselves in the third person in an objective sense, I'm doing something. And, you know, that has different modes, but it's also the part of our mind that makes decisions. Now, why I bring up this whole anatomy thing is, and I've also explained the physiology because I've told you what each part does, right? It's okay. function. This informs to me um, a framework within which we can talk about, I feel, mental health. And what you might find a little um, interesting is that I feel that the modern concept of mental health uh, mostly focuses on pathology. Hmm. So when we look at the DSM-4 or DSM-5, it only talks about what goes wrong. And that's a problem with modern medical science as a whole. It's always about disease, right? Which is a lack of ease. But historically, there's been a lot of work thinking about how do you support something positively? How do you develop the mind? How do you Mm -hmm. expand the mind, right? And so when we talk about the fact that mental health was not discussed too much in say traditional South Asian communities of various generations, maybe it may help us to understand that there was such an emphasis on the development of the mind that its pathologies may have been less discussed. Hmm. Now you and I are both interested in coaching and we engage in that. And you know that there also, you look at somebody who's in the trauma side and you send them to a therapist and you look at somebody who is in a growth mindset and you bring them more towards coaching. So I just want to put that out there because the emphasis of our traditional methods has been spiritual development. Spiritual development is expanding the mind, growing the mind to a very expansive state, right? Mm-hmm. And, and thinking right. of consciousness behind the mind. And at the same time, it's extremely important, like you say, that we be healthy. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's not, I'm just trying to give you a different lens through which we can frame this. And maybe there'll be a, a useful discussion. But so right. when I think of mental health, I think we can also think of it as supporting ourselves to become even better in some way. Right. right. So what I'm hearing, just to make sure I am getting this, because you gave a, a very good and nuanced answer there that I appreciate, mm-hmm. is mental health is not just the prevention, let's say, right. of disease, as you said. Mm-hmm. It is... Also, the expansion of the mind, um, there's the, the plus one side of it, right? As we would say in coaching, not just the minus one side, right. trying to gain and improve in some ways, right. the mental well-being, not just the stick, stay away from the, um, the worsening of mental health. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. I just wanted to bring that out. Yeah. 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 Do you think then that we do a disservice in how we speak about mental health today or how we maybe the popular perception of it? Or do you think it captures both sides of the coin? 
I do think in modern times, there is a sense when we talk about mental health that it's negative, right? Mm-hmm. right? And um, I wanted to bring, I thought of an analogy here that might explain, um, if you'll permit me to go a little. Of course, yes. This. Yeah. <laughs> so we know that there's a spectrum, right? When we talk about mental health, we always think of the spectrum. And this suddenly struck me, uh, I have an analog clock, you know, the old clocks where you actually have numerals, it's like 12 on top and then right. one, two, three going all the way around clockwise. Um, and the way I think of it is that, let's take the, the first quadrant, 12 to 3, right? Mm-hmm. And I think of that quadrant, you may say, is pathological mental disease, in the mm-hmm. sense that this person is unable to conduct the activities of daily living, they may be a threat to their own physical well-being, to the physical well-being of others. And without supervision, this person is not capable of functioning, taking care of their body itself. Mm-hmm. Right? So think of it from 12.01 to 3, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And, and I feel this is a very, uh, that person's reality has become very, very individualized so that it doesn't intersect much with the reality of people around them, right? Beyond three, I think you get into what I call the functional, but could still have personality disorders. Hmm. There can be very highly functional people who have very different kinds of personality disorders, right? So I think of, you know, three to six, right, mm-hmm. going down. You come to six to, to nine, I think of, again, functional people, they are able to share the reality of those around them, and they're probably very successful, and they're kind of trying to but that's not the end. You're trying to grow. You're trying to mm-hmm. maybe expand your spirituality, your uh, what's the purpose of life, ask the big questions, um, expand your circle of concern to the whole world, right? And I think from 9 to 12, you sort of get into the realm of, um, you know, philosophers, saints, holy men, people whose consciousness has expanded mm. to a super conscious state. And so you, then you come all the way up to 12. Now, the interesting thing is 11.59 to 12.01 are very close. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Right? The way right. that a, a spiritually realized person behaves is barely a sliver away from the way a madman hmm. behaves. That's interesting. Right? Did you come up with this clock analogy? Yeah. Or? <laughs> yeah just... Wow. You better... Copyrighted or trademark it, Chunker, before someone else takes it. <laughs> it's beautiful. Do you think? Do you think the gap is actually very small between eleven fifty nine and twelve oh one? Yes, I think it is peculiarly, but it's very different in the sense. In one case, that person's consciousness has expanded to encompass everything. It's huge, mm-hmm. and in the other case, it's like a, a point. It's like a mm. singularity. You know, mm. you're a, you're, you did engineering, did you? Didn't you at some point? Uh, I did some computer science, if that counts. Oh, right. So we have this thing <laughs> of a delta function, right? Like a, like right. a point. Where, mm-hmm. where it, and so I think that on one hand, it's like the point and the other person is like looking mm-hmm. out at infinity. And I and I actually have a, an anecdote to share with you. So my dad yeah. used to tell me about this person. So there was a person called Sheshadri Swamigal in mm-hmm. uh, Arunachala, which is in South India, Tamil Nadu. And Seshadri Swamigal was a realized soul, was the feeling. He was a person who had attained infinite. 
but his day to day behavior was completely random hmm. he would come out onto the street and he would laugh and say you know oh there's somebody going there and he would go and push somebody's there would be various peddlers vendors selling fruits and vegetables and all kinds of stuff you know how it is in india if you particularly <laughs> in the rural areas and he would just go and uh, knock a peddler's cart hmm. and that person would not be angry with him hmm. because the general feeling was that that day that person would have an amazing uh, sales it would just like break all records right now i don't know about the um veracity of that legend if you you may question that but within society people were accorded that sort of liberty of this kind of seemingly extreme antisocial behavior mm. uh, which on the other hand you know obviously he did some other things and said some other truths that maybe made people feel uh, much better and 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 realized or educated them uh, enlightened them which may not have been there if somebody was just you know unfortunately on that other spectrum at 1201 but mm-hmm. um i i definitely remember these kind of instances even shri ramkrishna um who is you know so well known all over the world right and there are so many missions in his name yeah. um his behavior was uh, if you were to analyze it by dsm4 they may say that uh, this guy is uh, pathologically insane Mm. But that was not the yeah. case. But that was not the case. Right. Right. So let me ask you this, like mm-hmm. what I'm thinking about if if I look at myself, mm-hmm. um there are moments today, mm-hmm. right? There are moments where I have some anxiety, let's say about something at work, right. something comes up, and I will do something like meditate, right? Or mm-hmm. um take a moment away, step outside to get some fresh air, come back. What I wonder is as i try to move away from anxiety or to mm-hmm. control my anxiety i actually end up running toward calmness right mm-hmm. or a sense of um feeling at peace yeah so i guess what i'm wondering is where does that fall on your clock from <laughs> from 12 to yeah go ahead from 1 to 12 i love it because this that's exactly the point i was thinking uh-huh. right so i think we all we are not stuck at one point on the clock is what i right. believe I believe that through the day we swing everywhere. Mm. But probably you're not swinging into the 12 to 3 yet because you're able to control it and bring yourself back into the functional space mm. is my feeling. Yeah. Um I I completely agree with you. But to me this opened up my heart to have a lot of sympathy mm. and compassion for people who are mentally ill. Mhm. It can be very trying. and i know that from personal experience to be caring for someone who is mentally ill or who is mm. you know has a personality disorder or something like that but when we actually sit and calm ourselves down it's just compassion because they just and sometimes i'm maybe having an oscillation on that side of the clock at some right point. yeah yeah would you define mental illness as a certain segment of the clock or do you think it extends to multiple parts of the clock? So <laughs> that's a powerful question and it depends on who you talk to. This is again right. so in, in our uh spiritual tradition there's actually a belief that to be anywhere other than uh 11:59 or 12 o'clock mm-hmm. is illness. Hmm. So to be sunk in the world 
is called bhavarogam bhavarogam rogam is illness mm. so all the super functional people who are charging around and being highly successful at work are mentally ill according to a spiritual uh from a spiritual perspective hmm. and that really turns stuff on its head right right and i think it's powerful because we think oh this person is so normal and right. that always brings to my mind this beautiful quote from lewis carroll where you know one of the characters runs around and says i'm mad you're mad we're all mad mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. what i'm trying to say we're all just in yeah. different degrees of madness so that can open our hearts to stop stop stigmatizing this for god's sake right yes i'm <laughs> very glad you said that and i just want to say that i think this is a case where your lived experience <laughs> allows you to have a deeper kind of perspective on this than me <laughs> i mean you've also you're also just a very thoughtful person but i really appreciate that and it maybe highlights a little bit of that difference or divide in some ways between generations where i think my generation feels certain things very acutely in this right. space right Right. And we are empowered to speak up about it yes. in a way that maybe your generation didn't have the opportunity to. Uh, and we are standing on the shoulders of what your generation has done, right? So we can think about these factors a little bit more. part of this discussion on mental health where nikhil you brought us to a nice summary of how each of us and maybe others in our generation perceive mental health and i really like the continuity of thought that you expressed in your final comments we will dig deeper into stigma and other topics in our next episode won't we nikhil yes we will this is part 1 of a multi-part series and you all will hear the other parts coming up i have to say shankar that i really loved your clock analogy It totally caught me by surprise, and I'm not sure if you can tell, but I was definitely processing that in real time on the episode. I now find myself wondering which part of the clock I'm in during my day. Oh, that's cool. I'm really grateful that it resonated. By the way, in a new twist in this episode, we're not telling you which songs the intro, transition and outro music that I played are taken from. Instead, we're having a competition to see who can first identify the original three pieces of music. on which Shankar has based his version. We'd love to hear from you on Instagram at chaiacrossgenerations or through email at chaiacrossgenerations@gmail.com. Folks, we'll announce a list of winners in our next episode. In order to have a complete entry for our competition, we need you to correctly identify the piece, the intro, the transition or the outro with the name of the song and the band or musician who played it. It would be great if you could share a sentence on what the song means to you in the context of our episode topic of mental health. If you could please share your age, where you're listening from, and optionally your name, we'll give you a shout out and read out what the song means to you in the context of the theme. I'm really looking forward to seeing who gets it. Friends, did you know that it's been 30 days since we started our podcast and we're really thrilled to see about 500 downloads today. So if you like what you've heard and aren't tired of us by now, please do subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Has it really been that long? Wow, thank you all so much for your support. It means a lot to us. 
We'll see you all next time.